0: Want to do better? Then it's time to change the story. Welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art, tech, and innovation. And now your hosts, Michael Ashley and Neil Sahota. Hey, welcome to another episode of Changing the Story. Got an amazing guest today, a great friend of mine, Daisy Fatih. He's the CEO of Corrent, a cloud migration and modernization leader named among the top 10 most disruptive private companies by Insight Success. A technology visionary, inventor, innovator, and entrepreneur, Faze was the recipient of the 2019 Cody Lifetime Achievement Award, recognition bestowed on the likes of Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and Bill Gates for significant long-term contributions to the software industry. A Silicon Valley veteran, he has given talks at Harvard, Wharton, Stanford, Caltech, and UC Irvine, as well as industry events around the globe, including keynotes titled, Inspiring a Culture of 10X Innovation and Entrepreneurship Within the Global Corporation and the Democratizing of SAAS, which is Software as a Service. Hey, Fazy, welcome to the show. My pleasure. Absolutely. Good it's to good see to have you.
1: Here. Thank you, Faisy. So, Fazy yes. is a As a visionary, what is the story that you would like to bring to the world?
2: Yeah, the story I want to bring to the world is disrupting the most disruptive industry in the world. And that is disrupting the software industry and turn it into a service industry. How about that?
0: You're disrupting the disruptor? Is that right, FaZe? How are you doing that? Disrupting the most disruptive...
2: Uh, soft, uh, the, the most disruptive industry in the world has been software, no industry in the world, to the best of my knowledge, have been uh, s-
1: uh, has
2: had such a disruptive effect uh, in the world as the software industry. And uh, as a Steve Jobs said, if you want to disrupt something, go after something big. <laughs> or do you want to go after something small? It's like I don't want to major in minor things, so major in major things. So uh, we decided to disrupt the software industry. The decision was free, and then the actions, we thought it's gonna take three, four years. It's been over 15 years, but guess what? Uh, All indications are we are succeeding. And uh, to demystify this, uh, as we know, uh, the software industry has been around for a few decades. Uh, Unlike the hardware industry that was disrupted about four times, including with the Intel inside uh, model and with the cloud model, software industry has never been disrupted. To the best of my knowledge and all my friends, we haven't come across something that has disrupted in a classic way the software industry. Uh, there have been uh, sustained innovation, improvements, uh, and so on. Um, so according to someone who had a significant role in the creation of Microsoft, uh, this gentleman, I don't know whether he wants me to mention his name or not. Um, his first name is Jim. Uh, he said, uh, if what you're, what I'm hearing about Corinth, and if you can enable an existing software to become SaaS, Software as a Service, uh, to efficiently uh, be delivered as a service without any programming, In fact, that could be the first ever disruption in the history of software. And that is exactly what we do. Uh, Our platform uh, plugs into any software out there, any B2B enterprise business software. And with an hour, two hours of configuration without any programming and coding, that software would become a powerful software as a service and can be delivered as a service in a subscription manner with all the instrumentation, such as multi-tenancy, such as billing, such as metering, such as administrative capabilities. And uh, voila, you have a robust software as a service that for other billion dollar software as a service companies have taken uh, five to even more years to develop. So we developed it and now we are going to market with it. As a matter of fact, on Thursday, uh, next week, uh, we, uh, today's what, today's, uh, today's uh, whatever day it is, next week. <laughs> today's
1: Thursday too.
2: On Thursday, August 13th, we'll, uh, uh, we'll have um, a live cast from UCI called Democratizing SaaS, with Jim Dubois, the iconic former CIO of Microsoft, And Balid abu Hatba, the former EVP and the owner of the ecosystem for software developers at Microsoft Oracle, will have a nice chat on how we are disrupting the most disruptive industry in the world. And the title is Democratizing SaaS.
1: That's a very good title, by the way. Uh, From a media (laughs) standpoint, I like it. It's very punchy. But let's back up a second for people that maybe aren't as familiar and know what you're talking about. Why, first of all, does software need to be disrupted so much? And what will your model do after next week? How is this going to impact everyday people's lives? Right, right. So um,
2: when we use the word disruption, we use it. Generally, the word disruption is used in a negative context. You know, you're sitting on the beach. You know, sipping some fancy drink and some bird comes and disrupts your right. peace uh, <laughs> and quiet on the beach. We are using the word disruption in the most kind and human way. Uh, we are disrupting something for better, such mm-hmm. as antibiotics disrupted people dying from uh, infections. Mm-hmm. That was a disruption. Metformin saves millions of lives because people have diabetes. This is a disruption in a status quo. We use it uh, like an air flight disrupted the travel industry. So we are using it in a kind, uh, gentle way. So why the software industry needed to be disrupted? Because like anything else, we want to improve it significantly, as opposed to slightly. Um, And so your question was, how would it impact, right? For example, let me give you. a few examples. First of all, there is major misnomers around uh, the software as a service industry. A lot of people think uh, that as long as you can go to the internet and access the software, therefore it's software as a service. Software as a service was coined around Salesforce.com, which was a B2B enterprise multi-user software, as opposed to an app uh, on your iPhone that you check the weather, for example, every two minutes to figure out what is, what is going on. We are, we are talking about an industrial business B2B with possibly thousands, if not tens of thousands of users using one application that before SaaS existed, uh, every organization had to download it and manage it, manage the hardware, manage the database, manage the upgrades, and so on and so forth. Now one company like Salesforce.com delivers that enterprise software to the world and millions of companies are using it and everybody treats it as if it was their own software customized to their needs, to their currency, to their tax laws, to their uh, the way they, they want to segment the market and so on and so forth. But in fact, it's just one piece of software, but it took Salesforce.com uh, what I've heard five years and uh, you know uh, tens of millions of dollars to build the engine to deliver this great software to the world. So one idea is why not separate the as-a-service capabilities from the software function itself? The same way that databases were introduced to the world and before databases... Uh, People were programming the data structures into their program using COBOL or Fortran or Pascal. Um, And the data structure class, as I remember in my master's degree in software architecture, was a class. If you passed it, you made it, you graduated. If you didn't pass the data structure, you would have a different career. So that was the decision point. And then the databases came, and that entire data structure class in a sense went away or only people who wanted to design and develop a brand new database, as opposed to using a database, had to take that class. Um, So so that's basically the notion of now people can build applications without building the data structures. They just plug in a database and it gives them all the capabilities to manage the data. Mm -hmm. The same way for app servers. Before app servers were created, every application had to program one by one all the interactions with the internet. Now you have an app server. You don't have to do it. You just plug it in and use it. The Mm -hmm. same with, it's ridiculous to say, but the operating system, there was a day there was no real operating system before Windows, before Linux, and people had to directly uh, relate their application through assembly code to the the machine. Uh, An operating system became a layer between the machine and the program. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the idea was what if we built a layer that abstracted all the capabilities for delivering a software as a service. Let's call it SaaS ops, SaaS operations. The same way that operating system was, the name was coined. So, and then make it available to everyone. Instead of spending years and tens of millions of dollars Uh, to building an efficient, scalable, fully instrumented layer to deliver your software as a service like Salesforce.com did and a dozen other companies who achieved billion-dollar-plus revenues and so on, why not we build it once and allow any software publisher developer to plug into that layer? Mm -hmm. And one example is, for example, uh, MIFOS, Microfinance Open Source. Uh, This software was designed and developed with the support of IBM and VMware in around 2006, 2007 to reflect the Nobel Peace Prize winner, Dr. Muhammad Yunus's idea about microfinancing, Mm -hmm. how to give loans to widows, uh, to other people who just needed $10, $20, $50 to start building a business and over time would pay it back. So IBM, VMware, and later, uh, Microsoft Foundation, uh, Dell, HP, Cisco—they all participated in making this software available for the two and a half, three billion unbanked and underbanked people in the world
0: mm-hmm. to
2: have access to credit, to banking, and so on. As one of the major root causes of poverty, access to healthcare and access to to banking. Uh, except the software, which is free, developed by all these wonderful corporations didn't take off. Why? Because it wasn't SaaS. Every small credit union in a small town in Africa, they had to download it. They have to have computers to download it, to manage it, to upgrade the operating system, to upgrade the database, X, Y, and Z. Yes, the software itself uh, was free and open source. But then how about offering it as a service? So, 50, 60 organizations around the world decided to offer it to other people in the region as a service. But centrally, after having all these big corporations, we're talking Cisco, Dell, HP, Bill Gates Foundation, uh, I mean, there are press releases with IBM and VMware and so on, but they couldn't deliver it as SaaS until recently in collaboration with uh, MIFOS, Corent, delivered. It it took us about uh, two, three weeks to do the fundamental work because the software, they had attempted to make it and then said, okay, I broke it. Now you fix it. Said if you hadn't touched it to begin with, it would have been a couple of hours. Now you have to go, but no, no, no programming. And the software is becoming prolific around the world uh, and eradicating one of the root causes of major, uh, major poverty. Having said that, a software company in Silicon Valley who received $280 million of venture capital, MAPR, M-A-P-R, came to us and said, okay, we're almost running out of money. We haven't been able to do our SaaS. Would you please do that? We did it again a couple of weeks, and Hewlett-Packard acquired them. Another company, Microsoft, acquired named Blue Stripe. So there is a mystery around uh, a lot of people think my software is on the cloud, therefore it's SaaS. No. Cloud is a modern form of computing. has nothing to do with SaaS. It's the biggest misnomer. And unbelievably, some software CEOs, they tell you that with a straight face. Oh, I really enjoy talking with you. You're doing phenomenal, but my software is already on the cloud. I said, okay, what does it have to do with what I just told you? Meaning, I failed to communicate the message. And they are very confident that cloud and SaaS are the same thing. And
0: uh, they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, F- Fazy, it sounds like you've done a great job democratizing software here. But I am surprised to hear that a lot of these big companies seem to be struggling with actually being able to roll out like a SaaS solution platform, for lack of a better word. I mean, what, what's the real challenge here? I mean, what, what's the magic sauce if you can share it and allow you to figure this out where no one else could? Yeah.
2: It's the same reason that uh, when Steve Jobs brought up the whole uh, iPod and iPhone and everything else, companies like Nokia, companies like Samsung, Panasonic, they had an infrastructure for building electronics. Uh, Nokia was a phone company, other companies were electronics. Why couldn't they come up, a person who had a PC company in a sense, a Mac has to come up with that idea. It's the power of vision, it's a power of dedication, it's the power of not being a slave to the stock market. To so that's why Dell went private, uh, because Michael Dell wanted not to be a slave to the public market, but have the uh, total freedom of pursuing his dream, restructure the company, and then came back as public for uh, financial structuring reasons. So. Uh, one of the downsides of the quote unquote free economy uh, and going public and so on is you need visionaries like Steve Jobs, who I had the privilege of knowing and meeting with and so on. Uh, and he was begging people to give him $20 million to make this huge dream happen. And instead, he got fired. So, that is in a, in a nutshell, I'm just communicating to you why other people are not doing it because other people don't have the fire in the belly. Uh, they may not see the vision. And if they see the vision, it may not be part of their personal vision. And uh, so there, it, it's complicated.
1: So let's, let's flash forward. You said you have a, a big event happening next week. What is the world gonna look like after this? How are people gonna be able to use this, not just in America, but other countries? Why, how will this impact their lives?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the beauty of internet is it transcends man-made borders. Mm. And we uh, really live in Southern California. Uh, whatever we do here impacts the rest of the country, North America, South America, and the rest of the world. So in a sense, it's uh, uh, democratizing SaaS. Uh, some some of my friends labeled it Operation Liberation. Mm. It liberates tens of thousands of software applications, uh, many of them built by US taxpayer dollars, and they are being taken hostage at, uh, for example, Los Alamos National Labs, uh, Lawrence Livermore National Labs. Each one, they have over 10,000 taxpayer software applications that are open source. It's available, you can use the Freedom of Information Act And get the source code to these applications. Uh, There are 1,500 open source solutions that are commercially being used, but they're not SaaS, therefore they're not either seeing the light of the day uh, for the ones in the national labs and other places, and then the ones that are open source, they're not fully being utilized by corporations, because again you have to download it, you have to have IT administrators, you have to upgrade the database, app server, operating system. It's just so costly to even run a free software application as opposed to receiving it um, as a service. So basically, the world would look like a liberated world for the software industry. The word is getting out that if you have a software that you build yourself, please don't raise tens of millions of dollars and years, try to make it SaaS. And then when it's about to go to shut down and go bankrupt, call Corent. Call Corent the day you're, you're thinking about your software going. The same way that you're thinking about using an operating system, using a database, using an app server in your application. Think of the Corent layer, uh, the SaaS enablement, the SaaSify or SaaS ops layer as just your friend. Mm-hmm. That makes you deliver your solution 10 times faster, 10 times cheaper and 10 times with higher quality to your customers. Don't have the pride of ownership. The same way that nobody looks down on you by using Windows or Linux operating system, you absolutely can write it yourself. It's gonna take you five years. No points of that. The same way for your company, you don't sit down and write an accounting system, you use an accounting software that's out there for making your solution SaaS. Don't have the pride of ownership that I have to do it myself because I'm a programmer. It doesn't make any sense. Um, up to the point that uh, Zach Nelson, the former CEO of NetSuite, which was the most known SaaS solution besides Salesforce.com, he said, "Fazy, where were you 10 years ago? That I wanted to buy these software companies and bring it together and create the suite of products that we're offering to market. Imagine I could have picked up a software company very cheap, Plug it into current, the valuation will go up ten times, ten x for SaaS, and then plug it into the network. But now uh, the technology is there, and uh, people can take advantage of it. Uh, the benefits are twofold: one, for the recipients, the consumers would have access. Like we talk about MIFOS, microfinance, open source. There's two and a half, three billion people in the world who could be the recipient of beneficiaries, and then the entrepreneurs deliver it. They have uh, high paying jobs. They can have great livelihood by delivering a service that is worthwhile at a reasonable price. So it's a multidimensional goodness that we are bringing uh, to the table. And today, given the heartbreaking crisis in the world, for people who are graduating from schools, they don't have jobs, uh, they're looking for opportunities while the big corporations are laying off people. What a phenomenal entrepreneurial opportunity for them to pick an open source solution they like. If they're in healthcare, pick open EMR, for example. If you're analytic, pick. There are 1,500 fully supported open source solutions out there that a group of just recently graduate, one from computer science, one from business, one from the School of Humanities, one marketing, they can get together, the band of brothers and sisters, and within a week or two, they will be the proud, proud owner of a brand new SaaS company delivering value to the consumers while making a living. How about that for uh, basically triumph over adversity? Using That's, technology, technology-enabled triumph over adversity. I
0: love it. I love it, fazy I, I love your focus on the entrepreneurs because, you know, full disclosure, fazy has been nice enough to come to some of my grad entrepreneurship class and share a story and very inspiring. My own experience with ecosystems is it's the, like the entrepreneurs come with the the openness and great ideas and they tend to be more embracing. So, I mean, for the current ecosystem, are you finding that the old habits die hard? So it's the the entrepreneurs coming in that are really embracing the SaaS model?
2: We hope that would happen. There is uh, a level of, uh, when you're disruptive, a lot of people are skeptic. They just said, is this uh, too good to be true is the most common, too good to be true is the most common thing we hear from people. And then when they figure it out, they say, oh my goodness, this is huge. How could, I I wasn't open-minded enough to absorb it. There's a level of skepticism. Uh, uh, just a couple of months ago, Microsoft took the first major step to help people overcome that skepticism. They published an ebook, and it's on our website. It's an ebook that talks about the next generation of technologies that would enable the next generation of SaaS, and it's all about Corent. And of course, there is a plug-in there for Microsoft Azure Cloud, uh, and they deserve it. It's uh, but basically, they say, Look, uh, exactly what I shared with you is in that uh, booklet, a small ebook. And now that people hear our pitch, and some of them said, What have you been smoking? This is not going to happen. This is too good to be true. Then we just send them a link to Microsoft ebook. Then they said, Oh, if Microsoft said so, then it must be true. So uh, that's how alliances and allies come to your rescue. And another package we are delivering for people who are skeptic about uh, SaaS enabling or SaaSifying uh, their software, we had to come up with these new terminologies to help us communicate um, the message we came up with, SaaSify, SaaS enable, private SaaS, corporate SaaS, is um, the cloud marketplaces are becoming popular, AWS marketplace. Um, very much like Salesforce, App Exchange, Azure Marketplace. So people said, look, look, this SaaS enablement thing sounds like a voodoo technology, but I, I, I understand I can put my software on a marketplace and people can come buy it and they take 10 to 20% and i get the rest. The, the, catch is, the catch is it takes three to nine months to program your solution into the marketplace. And with Corrent, it's one or two hours in a, in a self service way. And we call the product Marketizer. So, Corrent's Marketizer uh, would put your solution and publish your solution in a cloud marketplace, which is a, is a form of SaaS. It's not, you cannot do a lot of things if you program it by hand. But if you do it with Corrent, you have access to the full SaaS capabilities. And you can get to the marketplace, then add metering, usage-based billing, that add multi-tenancy, your cost drop by 90% overnight, then you add X, Y, and Z. But that first step for three to nine months would be done in one or two hours of self-service configuration. We believe these are truly disruptive uh, business model uh, situations that are enabled by a technology that has already secured over 100 patent claims. So we're talking about massive invention. I don't even use the word innovation. The whole concept is innovative, but the technology is inventive. These are inventions that have been patented and uh, are now enabling a whole new business model and a model of livelihood for people, not only people who are programmers or in software, people who are in marketing, the ramification, people who are in legal, people are in accounting, all the service providers, everyone would benefit from generating a whole new industry. And that is a service industry that we have already seen the tip of the iceberg uh, by the people who have manually SaaS enabled their own solutions.
1: So we've been talking about it from a B2B play and an entrepreneur play. What would this look like for consumers? How is this going to impact their lives?
2: Right. That's a great question, Michael. So the B2B aspect is um, for um, a software company that is a business come to Azure Marketplace or AWS Marketplace, another business, and then put their software in the marketplace. So far, we are talking B2B, right? Mm-hmm. But the company who goes to the marketplace and uses your Open EMR to manage their small health clinic There are the consumers, or the patient who goes there is a consumer. They show up on time, the schedules are right, the x-rays are there, the medication is there, there's no mistake in stopping the wrong medication. So that entire chain is now fully automated, as opposed to having all these silos and segmentations and possible uh, errors and omissions
0: busy you're, you're changing the game as always and it's much appreciated it's
2: really the current team I, I'm just uh, proud and honored uh, to serve as the CEO and I mean that uh, the team is just stellar and then the partnerships around us uh, it's it's it takes a village uh, it's truly a partnership from General Dynamics to Microsoft to uh, uh, AWS you name it and to companies you haven't even heard their names, who, uh, MIFOS, I mentioned, MAPAR. Uh, so uh, it's it just amazing. But you are catching me at a time that this is about to go viral, uh, is a new wave of innovation uh, to go, uh, go around the world that would have, uh, to your point, Michael, uh, implication for the consumers, that kid that get educated better that patient who, who is better served, that person who now has access to credit in a small village in an underdeveloped country that helps them with the economic vi- viability of their, their business and so on. So the impact is unbelievable. And we at Courant, we feel uh, incredibly humbled uh, that we were given uh, this opportunity to make this impact. So we don't take it lightly, We take it as a a duty, uh, obligation, and responsibility to serve and uh, be grateful to all these people who have uh, mentored us, from parents, to teachers, to mentors, to the books we read, to the universities we attended, to the ecosystem that exists, to teachers like Neil who teaches entrepreneurial classes and inspire a generation of new people to come together. So this this is a team play. Uh, this is an ecosystem play, and for one, we are grateful uh, to take this a small piece of the equation, which is the enablement using technology.
0: Well, that's fantastic, Crazy. If people want to learn more about Corrent, about what you're up to, Glaze, the how they can get involved, what's the best way to connect with you and see what's going on? Just typing
2: Corrent on Google will be number one. The name of the All company right. is Corrent Technology, but that shows up. And just uh, and my email is available, so you can contact me on LinkedIn. I'm an open uh, connector. Love to be connected with different people. And uh, we would love to hear from people. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. It's a great team. We are very, very friendly, and we would love to hear people. We love curiosity. We love questions.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story, fazy This has been fantastic.
2: Always a pleasure. I hope to get to see you guys in person before too long. Take care. Stay well.
1: Thank you. Hey, if you like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment.
0: If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends.
1: Thank you.